Hello everybody, I'm the Vivian. And I'm Bag of Chips, and welcome to another episode of Fancy a Brew. The podcast where we talk about everything from drag to pop culture while talking a bit of shite. Sorry, last week we did take off because, as you know, with the climate of the world and everything that went on in Minnesota and all over America, you know, it didn't feel right to... So we just took a we took a break, um, but now we're coming back. And the thing that I think we should bounce this podcast off with is that we stand with Black Lives Matter. We always have, yeah. always will. Um, you know, the, the the fact that this shit is still even going on is just absolutely insane. And we just need to do everything we can in order to you know get through this and and help our black brothers and sisters. How do you feel? Well, like, like you said, Vivian, um, last week, I think it was just the right thing to do, just just to have a little break from all, you know, it means um, advertising ourselves and stuff, you know what I mean? Ad- putting posts up, and yeah. advertising pictures and what we got got coming up next. Because like you said, there's something way more important happening in the world. I think people were just like, right, we've had a bloody enough of this shit now. Um, this needs to stop and we need to do something about it. I know there's a pandemic and we need to stay safe and social distance, but at the end of the day, um, more lives, way more lives. Imagine all the lives that have been lost throughout the centuries just because of the colour of their skin. And, um, yeah, I went on a march in Birmingham. I saw. It was peaceful. People were being safe. And, um, yeah, it it was beautiful. You know what I mean? People were singing. um, There was no... Um, there was anger, but, you know, like, rightful anger. We're rightfully angry. Why is this still happening? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know about you, but I, I educate myself every day. I've said the wrong things in the past and stuff like that, and the only way to change minds is to educate. So I've been watching um, um, this fabulous woman called Jane in America. She does, um, like, projects and um, experiments with people, and... Um, she judges people on the colour of their eyes. Was it? Was she on Oprah? Yeah. So she treated all the brown-eyed people like courteous, like human beings, basically. Yeah. And she treated all the blue-eyed people like, oh, you're less than, you're not worthy, you can't sit there. And yeah. all these blue-eyed people were kicking off and were <laughs> moaning and were like, we shouldn't be desert be treated like this we shouldn't be treated like this imagine being treated like that for the last four five hundred years in a country exactly. you know what i mean exactly. you, you you've just experienced half an hour you've got the privilege to step out of that studio and no one will judge you for the color of your eyes but people of color and mm-hmm. black people can walk out of a building and they are constantly judged just by the way they look like i said i haven't always been the most pc and i'm thankfully um, like my my partner is a person of colour, you know what I mean. And thankfully, um, throughout the years, I've listened um, and educated myself. And um, yeah, it like you said, it just it changes the way you think. People of colour and black people are tolerated and everything and all this. They don't want to be tolerated. They want to be equal. I hate it when they say tolerated. You know what I mean. I've had to be in a lift with someone who's got B.O., you know what I mean? That's tolerating someone, um, treating someone different because of the colour of their skin. Um, what does the pigmentation in someone's skin matter to their intelligence? Um, there is only one race, and that's the human race. Racism was created by 
human beings. You know uh-huh. what I mean? We are all the human race, and racism is created by man. So at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I just feel we've gone back hundreds of years just from the last two weeks. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I it, it's even harder being, you know, in lockdown as well, um, trying to do things that, you know, because you're like you just said, you're constantly learning about these these issues and constantly trying to educate yourself in the right language to use and and you know sharing the relevant information was important for me because you know at one point I was like right I can post Black Lives Matter or I can actually post links for donation sites I, I donated myself to a site that yeah donate you don't you donate one chunk it's on my Twitter I shared it if you want to donate um you can follow me in doing that I, you donate one chunk of money and then they donate it how they see fit and it's i tell you what it's amazing the amount of people you see on your um your facebook and stuff that you kind of just go oh well i'll just remove you or i'll just block you because to anybody who's saying white lives matter is just at the end of the day all lives are being persecuted it's black people and people of color so that's what we're trying to say all lives don't matter because until black lives do until black lives do that's when all lives matter when every race is equal you know what i mean a big shout out to all the sisters as well, all the RuPaul drag queens in America, because they've been using their voices. People like Jan, people like Shea Coulee, Bob the Drag Queen, um, I think every single queen off the show. And we've got a platform that can... Use the voice that you've got, use the platform that you've been given. If you if that, if that means losing 100 followers that are racists, then fucking buy. Do you know what I mean? Well, if... If you're losing those followers, they've done you a favour, basically, because I do not want people like that following me. Look at Little Britain this week. was a perfect example. Little Britain has just been, you know, a a show of over 10 years on the BBC has been taken down from all its online streaming services. And, you know, people are comparing it to the movie White Chicks. Well, is is that not the same thing? I'm like, well, no, it's not the same thing. Me and you, girl, we've got some dark sense of humour. And please don't think I'm a fucking snowflake. Listen, I listen to all the fucking dirtiest comedians going, and I love it. Um... But it's beyond the blackface in Little Britain. It was the, you know, having a bite of a cake and learning that it was made by a black chef and then being sick. I mean, that... The, the Oriental prostitute where they do, like, the, you know, like the, the slint yeah. of the arm. Uh-huh. So, I mean, good on the BBC for taking a step in the right direction. We just stand with everyone, don't we, Viv? You know what I mean? Yeah. And whatever so... we can do, we can do. And um, it, it's an uncomfortable conversation. You've got to admit it, white people... Um, are not necessarily racist, but they get they get uncomfortable, so they they step out of the subject. But the thing is, um, if you do find yourself uncomfortable, instead of saying something or um, you you don't know what to say, just ask. If you ask the person, it's affecting. They, I'm sure they won't be upset. I'm sure it's called education, and if you listen, you, you'll be educated, and then you won't have a problem with saying certain words or acting certain ways again because you'd be educated by someone who it affects on a daily basis. They can't wake up in the morning and take their skin colour off, you know what I mean? And it can be from microaggressions, from someone following them in a shop, or it can be full-on racism where you're, um, and being actually attacked. So, um, but I'm, I'm, hopefully there will be justice and um, let's call it what it is, it was murder. Oh, it so, was murder, 100%. Yeah. So our thoughts and prayers are with George Floyd's family. Uh, the funeral has taken place. Um, so I think we should move on to... We have a new reigning queen. 
Ada Essence All. Oh, my God. Now, that's what we call a beauty. Could you imagine me standing next to her on the runway? I think I'd just walk up. I think I'd just be like, right, guys, see you later. I'm off. I said the same on Trinity's podcast. I said, you know, Gigi was great, and then she kind of fell off the horse halfway to through the race. Crystal kind of found herself towards the end. Yeah. And I think Jada was herself through the whole thing. She knew what she wanted. She had the eyes on the prize, and she went and got it. And I'm so well, bloody thrilled for her. Every week, you know what I mean? You know, um, And I'm not just saying it about the top three. Oh, my God, what a brilliant cast. You know what I mean? I mean... All of them were amazing, you know what I mean? All these queens are so talented. And um, obviously, I was a Heidi stan. I love Heidi. Oh, don't get me started on Heidi again, because I'll never stop. <laughs> I, said, I said to her, she's my favourite drag queen after Stacey Lane Matthews. But with Jada, the, the very just the very second she walked out, like, do you know when she did the, the catwalk? I was like, oh, my God. And then the bub- um, when she used um, white plastic balls to do um, a bubble bath look, Oh, my God. And just, you know what I mean, absolute polish to perfection. Yeah, she may look gorgeous and stunning, but she was hilarious as well. She was a comedy queen. She was like, look over there. You know what I mean? How would you have felt if you'd have had to do the whole season and then film the finale from home? Well, like we said in um, previous podcasts, we feel for the girls because at least we had a good six months of getting to meet people, meet and greets, viewing parties is a privilege that we all got, you know what I mean? We got we got to go to these parties and watch um, our season with members of the public. Funny you mentioned viewing parties. I, I, I look back and think think about what was happening, you know, when we were doing those viewing parties and thinking, how mm. bloody sadistic are viewing parties? Like, <laughs> you go to a room full of people watching this show, RuPaul's Drag Race, that you're on, you know what the outcome is, but you don't remember what's gone on in the episodes. So yeah. you're in a room full of people that could love you, hate you, might want you to go home that week. Why, did, why didn't I just fucking say it? I wouldn't watch it myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, get me wrong. Do you know when I was, like, winning challenges and stuff, the old room would have, like, a jamboree. It'd be like, I've won, the, I've won a gold Olympic medal, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then there was a couple of episodes where they were just like, oh, hi, bagger. But um, <laughs> you can't please them every week. But, um, yeah, we've like I said, that these girls have had a totally different experience to every other drag queen, um, drag queen off the show. I don't think they've even performed since Drag Race. And I just don't want them to worry, because I'm scared in case they're sitting there and I'm like, oh, well, that's us done now, that's our career. Believe me, when lockdown is over, the whole world is going to, they're going to want to see everything from you. They're going to... They're going to want pictures. There's going to be drag cons. You're all Rue legends now. I think you should all do it, all stars, or or every single one of them off the show. You know what I mean? Did you watch the first episode of All Stars? Oh, yes. Oh, dearie me. Very, very harsh. Very, very camp, dear. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just, I'm so happy with with All Stars. All Stars is is actually my favourite because it gives a chance for the younger generation to be reintroduced to these queens because a lot of these fans are, what, 12, 13, 14? Yeah. When, when Angina and India Ferreira um, went, went on Drag Race, some of these kids were, like, three, four, five. You know what I mean? <laughs> you basically get to redeem yourself and you get to um, be showcased to a totally different audience. And India Ferreira and um, Mariah Balenciaga and Angina, them are just three queens that have now been catapulted into a new fandom, and she brought it. Do you know what? I've got to take my hat off 
Derek just thought to himself, right, I'm, I've been invited back. This is probably going to be the last time. I'm going in there and making some good TV. <laughs> so then when he saw India, he just thought, well, fuck it. I love the fact there was no airs and graces. There was no, he was just like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's not pretend. Bye. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. I've worked with Derek many times, porn idols and stuff. And she's just the biggest sweetheart. And but like what you just said, um, it's a shame Derek's gone because Derek, and I'm sorry if you haven't watched it yet, that's a big spoiler. <laughs> At the end of the day, yet it is a competition, but it's also a TV show and we want good TV. And um, sorry, Drag Race, I'm going to say, I think you've lost out of some great moments for um, for worldwide television. He went into that uh, that first main challenge. You know, it was the variety show. Every, you know it's coming. Every All-Stars, the variety show's coming. You need something new. He he obviously couldn't have gone and done Britney if he wanted to anyway because of the, you know, copyrights. I'm sure the girls aren't allowed to use um, music unless it's original music in the variety show. So for him to stand there in front of RuPaul, Michelle Visage, and, you know, try and do impressions, which are a hard thing to do. Yeah. I felt sorry for Derek and I felt sorry for India on, on the whole episode because you you know when there's a, there's a fight between two friends, you get one side of the story from one, you get one side of yeah. the story from the other. Everyone watching that programme, oh, well, not everyone, but let's say Trolls, for example, will all feel like they know absolutely everything oh, about yeah. When they know absolutely fuck all. Fuck all. You know what I mean? One of them could have robbed someone. One of them could have killed someone. Nobody knows what their history is. And for people to put the two pence in, mind your own fucking business. (laughs) Shove it up your hoop. (laughs) Yes, it's a TV show, but it's none of your business. And if they don't want to talk about it, that is totally up to them. But... um, like I said, with All Stars as well, I think it's great because you. Uh, well, if if I was ever asked, obviously I'd jump to the opportunity. If I ever did an um, an All Stars, oh my god, I'd, I'd I'd be a totally different person because RuPaul taught me so much. You know, like in believing in myself and yeah. and and saying that I am worthy of being here. And you can see this with any queen, and it's called um, the All Stars Glow Up. Basically, when you leave Drag Race, you get to reflect on how you look and what you did wrong and your makeup tips and all this. These queens come back to All Stars with new teeth, new lips, <laughs> $1,000 dresses, lace front human wigs, their makeup has improved by 20. And, um, yeah, put it this way, if I ever went on All Stars, I'd look different, but I'd still talk like, hello, how are you? Much better. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about the new rules of All Stars? Because the the prize money for winning the lip sync, if you don't beat the lip sync assassin, it rolls over. So imagine that prize money rolled over for five weeks. You'd win 50K on one challenge. And then if you won the whole show, you could win 150K. That's crazy. How much did I win for the UK one again? Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> you got two tickets to Hollywood. You sold them for a car. <laughs> oh, look, I, I watched Two Wong Fu yesterday. And oh, I, I, just, I love just, it. <laughs> just seeing Rue again was like, oh, my God, that's RuPaul, my bloody... Well, she's, she's our mother, isn't she? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And just everyone says, I don't know who he is, but if there's a snowstorm tonight, I want him on my got my tires. And what an entrance coming down from the ceiling. Rachel, tension! (laughs) (laughs) You know, with everything going on this week, I only just got that RuPaul's name in Tu Wang Fu is Rachel Tension. But when you say it, it's racial tension. 
And it's, you know, it's it's about that. Oh, my she wearing, God. She was wearing the Confederate frag dress when she came down. Oh, my God. See, this is what I mean. You know what I mean? It, it's, with Black Lives Matter, it's all about education. Yeah, I, I would never have known that unless you told me. And she's wearing the Confederate flag and her name's Racial Tension. So that was a racial message just in a five-minute clip. I also spotted Lady Bunny in there somewhere. Yes, and um, what's his name is in it as well? Quentin Crisp? Yeah, and Coco Peru. What's his name, Quentin Crisp? No, <laughs> it up. You're, no, he wasn't in it. He, I think he's a British gay uh, rights actor. Hang on, I'm going to have to look it up. Opening scene. I'm, hey, Google. <laughs> Your favourite actor was in it. My favourite actor? Yeah, Robin Williams. Oh, Robin Williams he is. Who is the man that sat with... Right, there's Julie Newmar. There it is, Quentin Crisp. Is it? Oh, my God, okay. amazing. I don't know about you, but I've always found Julie Newmar just so statuesque. <laughs> I always get a tear in my eye at the end of that film because I'm a massive fan of Stockard Channing. And she says, I don't see you as a lady or a man. I see you as an angel. angel. She's like, ladies don't have Adam's apples. You know what I mean? And it's just, and yeah. she knew they were men or drag queens and she didn't judge them. That's what equality is about, you know what I mean? She could have shouted it from the rooftops. They're, 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 those three are men. But um, it just, yeah, it's a beautiful character. One of my favourite films. But I love Stockard Channing. Um, she's great in the first Wives Club as well at the beginning. She's only got like, about a four-minute part. Two. Oh, but it's gorgeous the way she gives the pills to the maid. and Oh, it's lovely. That's also a film about friendship. And do you know what I mean? Friendship is so important to me. Uh, you know what I mean? You can, like, I always say you can... You've got your family, but you choose your friends. You know what I mean. And we and with the first wife club, it's just a it's a whole film about female empowerment. You know what I mean? It's about revenge on bastard men. And um... Goldie Horn says, "I wasn't drinking. I had guests." Bet Midler pulls up the bottle and goes, "Who? Guns and Roses?" <laughs> <laughs> and I know. And Goldie Horn's lips in that as well. You think mine and Vivian's lips are big? Bloody hell! So uh, let's see how well you know me, Bagger. Where is my favourite place in the world? Your favourite place in the world, I would say, is Universal Studios in America. Yes! Uh, I'm going to say the most, the, your favourite place in the world, I would say, is the Jurassic Park ride. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell everyone and let everybody know because I'm so fucking excited about it. The Orlando theme parks are reopening. Um, Universal Studios is open. Uh, Disney is following. When can we go? Because we've got to go on an aeroplane. We can't swim. Exactly. I mean, you know, we've been looking, we found this, we found these amazing deals to go over and, you know, have a good 10 days or 14 days. But we just don't know when we're allowed to actually fly over there. Don't book yet, because me and Vince have always wanted to go. We we were going to do this when we was going to be doing DragCon LA, but it got cancelled. So... Looking at January, bugger. So if, let's say ten days because two weeks is sometimes a bit. Mm, but yes. ten days would be fine. Oh, so God. let me know when you book it because I'm definitely coming and I will book it at the same time. Yeah, especially sticking in, you know, stuck in this bloody lockdown means they were getting bed and all we do is look on the theme park website, the theme park YouTube, and it's just and you know, I speaking to Trinity, Trinity, they talked yesterday on the phone. And she lives in Orlando. So I was like, oh, my God, it just made it even worse. I was like, I need to go to Orlando. Well, yeah, because I'd want to experience it with you as well, because I know you're such, we're both such a fan of theme parks. And when, oh, you know what I mean? Imagine yeah. us two on the ride screaming <laughs> our tits off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Viv, and I hear you've got a new single tonight. 
Oh. oh, yes, I have. We're going to put a little clip of it right here. And what, what can you download on and all that? Tell us the app. Oh, get it on Spotify, Apple Music, everything you want. Um, uh, it's been such a good response. Um, we're a, bit, a little bit late talking about it on the podcast, but, you know, we film these ahead of time and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, please enjoy my new single tonight by me. Thank you. <laughs> and to all the UK fans, if you're bored at home, I'm on Celebrity MasterChef soon on BBC One. So, well, it's, it's all, the, all we've got is this summer. So it's going to be on in summer, but it's going to be on BBC One. It's um, MasterChef. MasterChef is a programme where we all cook um, celebrities against each other. Um, and you're just going to have to find out how good I do. Can I cook or am I absolutely shite? Let's find <laughs> out. Right, we've got some questions from... Well, no, we haven't got questions. We have got some dilemmas that need solving. Twitter questions. Kian McFarlane is still angry that you didn't do Kim Woodburn for Snatch Game and I need advice on how to get over it. <laughs> it didn't do you any harm, darling. You won the challenge with me. Exactly. I mean, do you know what? You've had enough Kim Woodburn impressions off me, exactly like I just said, to last you a lifetime. So basically, Kian, what I'm saying is stop being a horrible little bitch and drop the attitudes, because I don't like it. Donald Trump won and Maggie Thatcher won too. There was no room for me. But it's all right, because I've got... I was in the Big Brother house, so it's better than Drag Race anyway. I don't like it. Goodbye, my love. <laughs> Here's one for you. The top three females of Corrie of all time. Of all time? Of all time. Oh, my God. That is like asking me my favourite bloody gin I drank of all time. Um, <laughs> OK, but my favourite of all time was a, 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 a character called Ivy Tilsley, and she was played by the fabulous Lynn Perry, and she basically got kicked off the show because she was a woman who was um, playing a 70, 60, 70-year-old woman. She basically lived in a terraced house and she worked in a factory. Well, the actress turned up one day with a full facelift. I mean gigantic, I mean way bigger than... Bigger than Pete Burns, big lips. They were like, what have you done? What have you done? Oh, I've had a facelift. I want you to look better. I'm like, they were like, you're playing a 70-year-old woman that works in a, in, a, in a factory. You just turned up 30 years younger. Script. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she literally got the sack. She was in it for over 20 years. She, was, she played Gail Platt's mother-in-law. What in was the her 80s. name? Ivy Tilsley. She, yeah, I'll read the book. It's amazing. She had a son who... Um, was who uh, was diagnosed with um, AIDS and HIV. Um, she she um she lived a life, and because she wasn't get, she started off as a cabaret singer, and near the end, um, because she, because she got kicked off the street. Oh, she was selling all the stories to the papers. Um, she went on a lot of late night TV shows. Do you remember like um, Eurovision X and all that? Yeah. And she'd, so it just changed overnight for her when she had that facelift. But um, yeah, she's my first. I would also have to say, I've got I've, there's four that stick out that are legends. Can only have three. Bet Lynch, Julie Goodyear. Oh my God, she, she, I think she, she created. She, oh, she is Corrie, isn't she? Well, she created many drag queens in this country. <laughs> she, she used to wear a wig. 
behind that bar every episode. Um, she she was head to toe in jewels and leopard print. And I, I'm not being funny, but I've never seen a landlady look like that. You know what I mean? She was basically a, <laughs> she was basically a drag queen. And when she went in Big Brother, she she said she was like, "Don't talk shite." <laughs> She's just a British icon. And for third, I'll do it really quick, and I'm I'm just going to do it joint, and I don't care if I'm breaking the rules. But it would be Liz McDonald and Deidre Barlow, because Liz McDonald is basically. She's the slapper of the street. She's got short mini skirts. She's the, you know what I mean? She's the trollop. Beverly Callard, as as a character, Liz McDonald, she's slept with loads of men. You can just tell, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? She's like, oh, I've had loads of shags today, Jim. You know what I mean? Great, great, great. <laughs> but I can't, I can't miss out Deidre and Kurt Bride because, she, like you said with Julie Goodyear, Bet Lynch, she made Corrie. And when she died, it... Uh, a piece of the heart just went. But the scenes, like when she went to prison, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and then she was famous for Tracy, a daughter. You know what I mean? Like, Tracy, go upstairs and play your tapes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Anyone who knows me, a lot of American people or people around the world who don't watch Comedy Street are thinking, what the hell is she going on about? But basically, look it up. It's the longest ever serving soap opera i think drama um in the uk in the, in, in, no in the world i think That's it. yeah in the world it started in the early 60s and i don't know any soaps or dramas that are, are still on from the early 60s and if you've never watched it just give it a, a, a just watch a little bit you don't even if you don't enjoy it but to me and to many in britain coronation street is as british as the queen and the red top bus you know what i mean and yeah, oh, um, yes, free Yasmin. Yeah, you're fr let's free Yasmin. We need to free Yasmin. She's she's the new Deidre. She's in prison, and it's a storyline about um domestic abuse. That bastard fucking come on. I know, and yeah, I had a, a big gulp in my throat when I watched the racism episode. And like I said, with um the Yasmin episode, it's all about mental torture by um her husband and we are in quarantine we are in lockdown and um i'm sure this is happening all over the country all over the world i'm sure there are women and men that are stuck inside with um someone who's nasty to them on a daily basis so this is the part of the show where we usually leave our final thoughts but today i'm just going to leave you with three words which are black lives matter and I'm going to give you four words. Justice for George Floyd. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Fancy Brew. Do not forget to like, subscribe and give us a little review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Thank you so much and we will speak to you soon. I have been the Vivian. And me, Bag of Chips. I love you all. Stay safe, guys. Much better. <laughs>